uh, Galatians 1, 10 to 24. And um, I'll just say to uh, my helpers at the back, I'm not going to do the video because there's, there's a video later. So I'm going to drop the video that I start with. So we'll, we'll manage without that. <clears throat> Thank you. The reading is Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 10. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went immediately into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that I am writing to you is no lie. Later I went to Syria and to Sicilia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. Today. Lord, may the words of my mouth, meditation, thoughts of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Amen. I wonder if you recognize the back uh, to that slide there. Has anyone seen the film, Paul, Apostle of Christ? A quick show of hands. Just to... Anybody seen Paul, Apostle of Christ? Oh, there we are. So I thought there'd be a full house of hands. Um, it was released in uh, March 2018, so it's quite current-ish. Uh, so just it's not that long ago, and it was featured Paul on the left. Sorry, yeah, as you look. Yeah, your left. Um, uh, as an old man, and uh, that's Luke, who wrote the, Apostle, the Acts of the Apostles, who uh, features as researching and, and uh, dialoguing with Paul. And it's called Apostle, Paul, Apostle of Christ. And um, it's just another plug for the, uh, for the Lent series, because we're looking at the, the book of Galatians, and there's many things that come up in this book that we don't have time to cover in a sermon. There's much more to probe. And by doing it in a small group setting... It will, it will come alive even more. So that, I encourage you to, to do that. 
Um, but the, the, Paul is the guy who said in 1 Timothy, uh, in 1 Timothy 1.15, uh, I believe in, in Christ, uh, that um, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. It makes you want to read on and find out who would say, I'm the worst. It draws you into the story, and I hope that uh, encourages you to go in. And this uh, idea uh, of, of how we can read these 14 verses also fits uh, into a, almost like a prequel and a main story and a sequel type setting. And so I'm going to deal with it that way, uh, because even the very title is contentious. And that's a kind of prequel to the main story. And where it finishes off with, with a, a glorifying God, rather than lionizing uh, Paul, uh, is like a sequel. But the main story is the testimony that we have of Paul, which we know quite well just from our, uh, our, our the background to this story. So I'm, I'm going to talk about a prequel, uh, the main story, and a sequel uh, as a handle for you to get into this. But uh, So we can just go to the first slide about the prequel. <clears throat> and the first thing that uh, we see in this, as I've already said, is that it is not a given at that time that Paul was an apostle. Dozy covered this a bit last week, uh, that to say Paul is an apostle of Christ was contentious at the time. There was people, false teachers coming in, there were people in Jerusalem that thought, well, who is he? He's never even met Jesus. How can he say he's an apostle? But Paul knew he had met the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so he said right at the start of this story, of, 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 well, this book of Galatians, the letter to the early church in Galatia, and it was written about A.D. 48. So this is not that long after Jesus died, maybe 12, 13 years. So it's all very much still in everybody's mind. And Paul, and there's an echo of Galatians 1 verse 1 with Galatians 1 verse 12. And, and Dozy pulled out Galatians 1 verse 1, Galatians 1 verse 1 last week. And it says, Paul, an apostle, not from persons, nor through people, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. That's how he started his letter off. He's not beating around the bush. He's saying, I am an apostle. I have authority to be here to start churches, to do missionary journeys, uh, and support churches and feed them and continue feeding them. So he is setting himself up as an apostle, not appointed by church leaders in Jerusalem, because that's where the center of the church was at the time. He's saying, I am appointed by the risen Christ who appeared to me and taught me. And then the echo is at the start of our reading in verse 12. The echo of verse 1, hear this. Paul defends the gospel that he's proclaiming, and he says... I didn't receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's a similar shape at the start of our reading to what you had last week. This is huge. This is 
a, a very important prequel to the main story. And as a background to this part of Paul's letter to the Galatians, Paul the Apostle uh, of Christ, his apostleship is not from persons, uh, and his gospel is not from people. And that emphasizes the truth of his message. And why is this even relevant? Why is it important? Well, Dozy flagged this up last week. It's because um, last week Dozy said that there were some people, this is in his reading, verse 7, Galatians 1, verse 7, some people, uh, we would call them false teachers, but nobody calls themselves false teachers these days. It just reveals itself because of what they say. Um, I think it was Ivor was... Uh, telling me that I quoted somebody who was a false teacher about a year ago. It's stuck in my head that, oh, I must do my homework before I come here. Uh, that, that was your Ivor. So um, it put me on my toes. And I, think I came to him afterwards and said, do you know, I have nightmares of waking him up and finding myself on that list of false teachers that you can find on the computer. But so far, I'm not there uh, as far as I know. <laughs> but some people had come into the church. That's what it says in verse 7. They'd come among the Galatians with a gospel message with add-ons. And Paul says, uh, there is no gospel with add-ons. A gospel with add-ons is not uh, a gospel at all. In fact, Paul uh, goes to say that those people are cursed even if an angel in heaven should say it, they're cursed. That is very, very uh, strong language. Because the add-on they wanted to do was they wanted to add on to the message of Jesus, of salvation. They weren't throwing it out. They were adding on to the message of Jesus rituals and codes and things that they had to do to be saved truly. It was an add-on. And Paul says... They are cursed if they have add-ons to the main story. And the main story is, is that, uh, the main gospel is that in Christ alone our hope is found. Grace is by salvation in Jesus Christ alone. No add-ons. We cannot earn our salvation with one iota of goodness or one ritual that might, uh, pl- might be pleasing to the eye or might fit in with the community, but it does not give one iota to your salvation. So Paul is saying his gospel, and, and if you keep hearing this, if, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't actually know what the meaning of gospel is. It's an Anglo-Saxon word, goes back to the 400s. Uh, it, it just means the good news of Jesus. So if I keep saying gospel and you're, you're sick of it, then it's just an old word for good news of Jesus. And what's happening here is the good news of Jesus is under attack. They're saying, yes, Jesus saves, but you also need to do stuff to please God. Those are add-ons. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are saved. You can't earn it. So that truth is under attack. There's two messages vying for their hearts in the church of Galatia, there's two messages vying for our hearts as well here in society today. Well, you're saying there's 102, but that's true. 
But the two messages uh, that, that, that are vying for people's hearts is what I've just said, the grace of our Lord Jesus uh, and the add-ons. And Paul's prequel to the main message is that truth matters. Truth matters. Any add-on, any minor change to the truth is a major, major error. Even a minor change to this truth is a major error. And it's important for us here in society today because everywhere you look, people have their own truth. People are making up their truth from their stars. They're making the truth from crystals they say gives energy. They're making their truth up from their fitness routine, from the podcasts that they listen to. They have their own truth. And the whole idea of there being such a thing as an absolute truth flies in the face of the one who says, I am the truth. Jesus, who says, I am the truth, is the one who speaks into our situation. I would have struggled later with that on the floor. Uh, But people have a self-defined truth. This is where we are in society today. It's a self-defined truth. And it's based on what my lived experience is, what makes me feel good. And for us to come along and say, no, there is one who says, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, You can be accused these days of that being offensive, of it even being a hate crime if you put some things uh, on your screens in the cafes in our country. For just having uh, uh, words up on a screen in a video, I think this guy was called Jamie Murray in, in, in Blackpool. He had Christian texts going on his cafe. And he was interviewed for hours by the police, told him to take it down until he got support from legal experts and found he had his rights. So it's back up and running. But it was a hate crime. Why? Because somebody told the police that he was showing offensive stuff in his shop. This is where we are. But the truth is an absolute truth, is that Jesus says, I am the way. There is one way. There is no other way. There is no add-ons. And Paul is saying right at the start, in his prequel to the main story, that I have authority to say these things, and the gospel was given to me by the Lord Jesus. It wasn't a concoction of some theologians in Jerusalem. It is the Lord's message. He revealed it to him. He described it as a mystery. That's the prequel. What's the main story? Well, as you read on, you hear that Paul tells the Galatians. Uh, yeah, go, go on to the next one as well. Next, yeah, thank you. So, Paul's testimony was, in fact, a case study of salvation by grace alone. Paul tells the Galatians that he spent years living by Jewish customs and traditions. He was one of the finest 
says in Galatians 14, I was advancing in, Jeru in Judaism beyond many of my own age. In other words, among his peers, he was known as being the one who did it, did it the best, who kept the, the rules and the rituals, and he was admired for his, a man, being a person of his faith, even as a young man. He was extremely zealous for the traditions of his fathers. That's what he said of himself in Galatians 1, verse 14. But the truth of the matter is, which is the main story, is despite all his tryings and his righteousness, it was self-righteousness, it was ritual that was not gaining, making him right with God. There was still a cavern, a canyon between him and God that he could not cross himself by his own goodness. And then he goes on, well, before that he said in his story that he persecuted the Christians. Galatians 1.13, intensely I persecuted the church of God. I tried to destroy it. Paul was filled with so much religious pride and zeal that it, it was also religious hate. And he wanted to kill and did kill Christians, people that followed the way, which was the early Christian movement was called. He was proud uh, in those days of the fact that he was so zealous that he would be prepared to take a life for, from these people who called themselves followers of Jesus Christ, the followers of the way. You could say he was the vilest offender who truly believed. And what wonder, what rapture that the moment he believed. Praise the Lord. That's his main story, is that the Lord appeared to him. His life story touched the hearts of the people as they knew that he was the very one that persecuted the church. And that, again, is the case, a case study of the good news, of the gospel message of grace, that he couldn't be good enough to get it, but also he couldn't be bad enough to be excluded from it. What a wonderful message we have of grace. If you've come here thinking you're good enough, I've got bad news for you. If you've come here thinking I'm, ba I'm too bad, I've got good news for you. You can't be good enough to earn it, and you can't be bad enough to be excluded from it. That is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we believe. That is the main story. What a transformation. It was a total transformation in Paul's life, a total turnaround, and his story is a case study of grace, of salvation by grace alone. Last weekend I met uh, a lad called Darren. He was, uh, well, just to look at him, he looked about 25, 26. Darren was a drugs dealer and he was a crack addict and uh, someone brought him into a church one Sunday. A woman paid for, prayed for him after the service, and he was healed instantly. No cold turkey, uh, no nothing, no regrets, 
No returning to his scene of his dealing in that. He was protected from all that, and I'll tell you why in a minute. That, only that could happen by someone who is a risen Savior. Not by a philosophy, not by somebody who had died and didn't rise again. This was the risen Christ who touched Darren and restored him so that three years later he's still going on and I met him last week. Or as Paul puts it in the gospel of the grace, the grace and mercy of Jesus broke through and melted his hard heart, changed a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. All things became new. Darren became a new creation when he received Christ three years ago, and it transformed him. And I wonder if we look at our own lives and see, we too are a case study of grace. You don't have to have a drug dealer's story in your life, or even a car crash like myself in your life story. You can be someone who grew up in Barton and Christian parents and and are still going on with God and have encountered Jesus in your daily life. That is a blockbuster of a story. That is a case study of grace as well. So as you tell your story, don't be ashamed of the fact that you can't spice it up with some spicy stuff. It's not how God would want it. Tell your story. Paul's testimony is well known. Yours doesn't have to be well known, but it might be the story that you need to tell your neighbors of why you believe what you believe, why you were transformed, who touched you, who changed you, who moved you from darkness into light. Whatever language helps you tell your story. Look at your own life and see that God will use you and use your story. Uh, Even shaping your story through the failures so that it reaches others. Don't shy away from the failures because part of that is part of your brokenness as well. And it might just minister to the person who thought you had it all together. But for you to be so vulnerable that you admitted that the Lord had to rescue you from some kind of mire, then that's part of your story too. Paul's testimony is a case story, a case study of grace alone. That was the main story, and we'll move on quickly to the sequel. And the idea of this whole sequel thing came to me because the actual, if you see Paul there on the left-hand side, he's, a, he's an old man. And this, this story is set when he's already in house arrest. Uh, and Luke is researching the story so that he gets it right. Uh, and in a kind of a way, the movie is a sequel to the whole thing of Paul's life. But the sequel uh, of Paul's story is that his, the gospel is a life changed and a gospel of a life changed glorifies God. It doesn't glorify the person. If you think about some of the well-known testimonies that you know, then you wonder, why did that 
do, is that person telling that testimony. I had to pull myself up uh, almost be 40 years ago. I was getting invited to be almost like an after-dinner speaker. And I'm serious. It was, it was, the story was catching people's, uh, I suppose, imagination. Maybe, I, I don't know why, but it was quite dramatic, and you heard a little bit about it last time I, I came here, I think. And, um, but I had to pull myself up and say, why am I telling this story? Who's, who's been glorified here? And, and I, I felt the Lord was challenging me. That the, the reason Paul told his story was to bring glory to God. The reason we tell our story is to bring glory to God, and I hope I always have that before me as we read the sequel uh, of, of, uh, of today's uh, message. Paul was quoting the church in Judea when he says in verse 23, the man who persecuted us now uh, is preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And then verse 24 says, they praised God, this is Paul speaking, they praised God because of me. Paul said, and that was good enough for him. They praised God because of me. And in the Greek, it's an imperfect tense in the word praise and also in preach. So in other words, the imperfect means it kept going on. It wasn't a one-off. It, it, the, it, there was a continuity there. So the change in Paul's life and his service did not lead to people to make Paul a celebrity. It didn't lionize Paul, but it gave glory and praise to God. So how do we apply this uh, to ourselves? How can we live our lives so that people glorify God rather than think of us as more than we really are? How can we live our lives so that uh, people want to have whatever we've found, both as a church in our community and as individuals where we are? How can people see Christ in us? It's a challenge. I'm afraid I don't have any magic answers. A survey that came out uh, this week, uh, the Kindness Survey, you might have heard about it, I think it was on Radio 4 a couple of days ago. Uh, it was the largest ever survey on kindness. Uh, and uh, it said people of faith are more are greater than average for for kindness for giving kindness that's part of our testimony that we do acts of kindness we give thanks for acts of kindness because that was also part of the survey the challenge of us is is to ask in our prayers, that we do give the glory to God. I mentioned Darren earlier, and he wouldn't say he's done great things in his three years since he found Christ. He's waited on tables. He's done a bit of general laboring. But in fact, this story isn't about Darren at all. It's about the Lord. The Lord is the one who is glorified through it. The story is about the lady whose name we don't know who prayed for him. The Lord is glorified because she did that. 
It's about a community that welcomed him in. Darren is a member of the Lee Abbey community who I visited last week. And for three years, he has been serving on tables and digging in ditches and things like that for that community. And they've welcomed him, and he's part of the community. And his story glorifies God. When we're saved, it unleashes the potential that God always saw in us. God rescues people like Darren and me and you. And he sees such potential in each of us, even before we were aware. Paul points back to a time when God saw him before he knew about God. God was on our case long before we turned to him. He unleashes the potential that he sees in us and still sees in you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good, not to do harm, says the prophet. And what does that? Well, I've mentioned it earlier, the changed heart the heart that is selfish to a heart that is a servant heart, the heart of stone to the heart of flesh, the the heart that was in darkness and found light so that our light may shine before others. And what? The Scripture says, that God may be glorified. That's in the Sermon on the Mount. So that our light may shine before others and glorify God. That's the sequel to this story, is that whatever your story, is that the Lord will use you to glorify Him. So, how can I conclude? Paul, an apostle of Christ, yes, he was. The gospel, was it of Christ? Yes, it was. His testimony and his main story was a case study of grace and how somebody, a wretch like that, could be saved. And you too, you're a case study of grace. And the Lord wants you to tell it. And the sequel will be, as you leave here, that the Lord will be glorified and others will want to find what you have and you'll share your story. Amen.